Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. Yes, thank you, thank you. All right, so I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. With me, as always, my co-host, the inimitable. Ellie Mistal here. <laughs> Summertime, and the living's easy. Yeah, I can tell. You're, um, you're wearing a t-shirt at work. I love the summer, but you know what I hate about the summer? Yeah. Rich people. Now, granted... I hate rich people all the time. I am yeah, the kind of guy that generally would take a pitchfork, a real fork, and a knife to go deal with rich people. Would but, you? Yeah, because real rich people, absolutely. Yeah. But I, during the winter, I don't really notice them because it's cold. We're all like under our heavy coats. We're all sad together. You know, that's in the summer, it's when the rich people really get to like spread their wings and really show off their largesse. Right. The summertime is when you walk by Gramercy Park and realize that you don't have a key to get into a park in Manhattan. Right. That's you notice that kind of crap in the summer. It's the summertime when you realize that you're at some crowded syringe infested beach while the rich people are off in their like private grove beach. Um, not cherry. Well, some rich, people, but, you know, private grove beach somewhere that is blocked off from you so in the summer you really get that sense that you are a sweaty poor person whereas the rich people are being you know fanned and and fed grapes the entire time and it bothers me a little bit um it's at this point that i should say do you, do you need me to call to see about the air conditioning in this room are you uh you okay i'm, I'm always hot and sweaty in the um, summertime. Yeah, I mean, it seems to have gotten you here. Doesn't really. You're the one who gets pissed off when you sweat more than I do. I mean, it's, I don't. It's such a fact of my life that it doesn't really ever bother me. What bothers me, it doesn't, sweating doesn't bother me. Not having a servant to fan me bothers me. Does that make sense? It, it, no. <laughs> no. It, it, it doesn't. And it's filled with all sorts of very, very troubling themes. But we're going to. We're going to move on and say that you're not happy in the summer. I'm thrilled in the summer. It just okay. makes me slightly more homicidal angry, homicidally angry at my betters. Does that make a little more sense? Well, I don't know as though you should define them as your betters, but certainly the people who have money for some reason. Hey, uh, do you think that one of our sponsors today can find me a servant to deal with my issues? You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Absolutely not. Oh. Uh, but they can help people who are actually in the legal industry, something that we just write about. Uh, and so if you're a lawyer out there who's listening to this and you're looking at your job or more accurately looking at your paycheck and looking at everyone else paying more money and thinking, maybe I should make a move. This is what happens in the summer. Yeah. Or if, or the flip side, if you're a firm who's sitting there going, I'm now starting to pay the big bucks and I can finally do that raid on my rival that can put my practice over the top. If you're in either of those situations, Major Lindsay in Africa can help you navigate that legal landscape. They have more than 35 years of experience in legal recruiting. Major Lindsay helps law firms and legal departments thrive in today's ever-changing market and matches lawyers and legal professionals with opportunities where they can flourish. So learn more at mlaglobal.com. It's that time to make moves. 
either way. So get on out there. Well, I thought we were just giving a pause for the break. Oh, oh no. I mean, I didn't really do a break there. I just kind of like rolled into it. It was more of a natural ad read, you know, the kind that you hear on, you know, your your higher quality podcasts, <laughs> like uh, like the ones that we're trying to pull off. I'm way too sweaty to keep up with you now. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's it's fair. So what's been going on? We've talked about raises. We've talked about the Supreme Court retirement. We now need to talk about what else has happened, because it seems as though those are the only two things that have happened in this whole period. And they're well, that's mostly right. Speaking of rich people, one Uh of the things that 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 has happened um, is that summer associates are at their firms enjoying uh, the excesses of summer, enjoying their first real paycheck in years for many of them, and enjoying their last glimpses of freedom should they stay at their firms. But we we always get some interesting summer associate stories. And the one that I wanted to focus on uh, to start with um, really plays into my general dissatisfaction with the top 1%. Can you tell us a little bit about the boat crash? Yeah, so we have... Um... Lawyer Quiddick, I guess, going on down in Houston. <laughs> there was a there, there was an out, cut. There was an outing that Vincent Elkins put on where a partner was there were there were a bunch of folks who needed to get home across a lake or something, and the bus broke down. The partner was like, I got a boat, I'll take you. He took them. That boat This boat is real. Yeah, no, it's um yeah, so just Sit right back and you'll hear a tale, tale of some partners taking a boat. It was supposed to be a three-hour tour, I guess, and it was not. They hit ground at a place called Graveyard Point, which... Who could have saw that coming? It's it's like those bad 1950s movies where it's like, Johnny's taking his bike up to Dead Man's Curve. Like, who names something Graveyard Point? I was thinking more of like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Right. We're, we're docking at Shipwreck Cove. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So Graveyard Point, apparently not a great place to run your boat over. And this, we're laughing, but we shouldn't for the next 10 seconds, and then we'll get back to laughing. Uh, no one died, thankfully. There were some serious injuries, but it looks like everyone's going to be okay. What's going on now is the police have decided to go after one the partner who was driving the boat. That partner, they're arguing, fled the scene. Swam away! The partner got thrown from the boat and swam Away, we can laugh again. He swam away from the scene of his boating accident. Yeah, so Douglas McWilliams is the partner in question, and he was thrown from the boat and then swam to shore. Then he was not found for five hours, to the extent where the police were considering him a potential victim who had perished and were about to begin a search, and that's when he turned up to call. Now, there's also some allegations that it, of drinking involved, which he and the firm and basically everyone involved have vociferously denied and filed affidavits to that extent. Obviously, there can't be any test of that. So that's not really the claims here. The claim is fleeing the scene. Now, he says he probably passed out from the shock and the pressure and everything when he finally hit shore, but that he was swimming away because he was trying to go get help for the various people who were actually hurt in this situation. Was he Aquaman? I mean... No, but people who aren't Aquaman can swim. Um, and he appears to be adept enough at that to have managed to reach the shore. So this inspired in my mind uh, to do some to some research and thinking about boat law. My family history um, has a very difficult family history um, with boats. 
My late father once bought one. We were not rich. He basically came home with the boat in the way that a man comes home with magic beans. I like how you threw in the we're not rich after you're like, rich people in the summer are awful. Oh, by the way, when I used to have a boat. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. (laughs) Um, So he came home with the, the magic beans of the family boat that he bought. Um, and I remember one of my, you know, I was 10. I remember this very clearly. Um, him telling my mother, the only problem, Liz, that's my mother's name. The only problem, Liz, is that it doesn't have an engine. And then I remember my mother literally throwing things at him because he spent all of our money on a boat with no engine. That's okay. He was going to make his own engine. Oh. So my father decided to make his own engine for the boat. Um, he was working on this engine a year later on the boat. He was working on the engine on the boat in the water. During some weather. The engine was not sufficiently secured to the workbench that he was using. The engine fell off of the workbench, fell through the floor, fell into the marina, and the boat sank in shallow water. Oh, wow. That was my first and only uh, uh, boating um, experience. Um, What do I have to say to that? Um, (laughs) Expanding our sound effects here. Oh, gosh. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I have so because of those those early scarred childhood memories, I do have some interest in boating law. For instance, why was my dad able to buy a boat? Why was that allowed? Somebody should have stopped him. The government. Turns out, only thirty six states have regulations regarding boating education that you have to to take. Right. So you know, fifty states have various regulations before you can own a car, before you can drive a car. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Only 36 states have kind of similar restrictions on boating. Now, you're going to say, well, some states don't have any water. I would point out the great state of Tennessee, which recently, according to Google, <laughs> installed some of the harshest boating regulations in the country. And I cannot think of any ocean that Tennessee abuts. They have lakes. Yes. I mean, that's... Every state has a lake or a river or whatever. So that's my point. I only bring up Tennessee to cut against your, I could see your thought process there of, of course, the 14 states don't need them because they're landlocked. Doesn't matter, but only 36 states have actual boating regulations. No, that wasn't where my head was going. My head was going, you can pry my boat from a cold, dead hands. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Regulations on boats, you communists. Listen, I'm a member of the National Boating Association, the NBA. Is going to defend... Oh, wait. Is that name taken? That's probably taken. <laughs> so, yeah. No. So, yes, there, there are regulations. My get, I, I am unaware of what Texas's situation is, but given that it's Texas, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Texas is one of those, those 14 states. You do have to get boat insurance if you're going to have a boat. But one of, the, one of the big problems, and not that this necessarily relates to the particular story that we, that we started with, and we don't know what kind of licensing um, and education this partner had. But the point is, is that you don't actually need to know very much or train very much before you're just allowed to take your clipper ship out onto the water and go run into people. And I think, as a good liberal, that's a huge problem in our society, and we should do a better job of restricting people's access to our public waterways in their private pleasure vessels. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I thought you were going to... Honestly, I thought you were going to come at me with, but but what about fishing? Because you're from Oregon, where they... I'm sure they... They do have They do have you fish. Know, I've seen the bears, so they got to have fish. Oh, oh. No, um... Do you ever fish? I have fished many a time, actually. Did you have a permit? 
at different times. Yeah, the different places are different rules, different places that I've been. But yeah, permits usually for fishing are picked up in the morning, as in my experience, at wherever you are, you pay your 10 bucks for your ability to fish that day. And there you go. Yeah, see, regulations aren't bad. They're just helpful. Oh, yeah, I think they're fantastic. But at the end of the day, I, I don't really know why boating is the, in a world of the problems facing this country, I don't know as though boating is the crisis that needs the needs regulation fast. But I want to go back to the original story because we've gotten kind of far afield. It, <laughs> it, it strikes me, when I read this story, I understand, I, I just, maybe it's a defense lawyer mentality, but... I'm on this guy's side. I You seem to be. I don't understand. Okay, envision this. You're on a boat. Yes. And it crashes yes. and is sinking. Yes. Swimming away is not a stupid idea. For five hours? His argument is he passed out when he got there from in, due to injuries and shock. What about the captain goes down with the ship? He wasn't. It's not that's like, man, that's it's not fair. like he was on the Staten Island Ferry and he crashed and he swam away and he let Spider-Man fucking handle it, right? Like, no, this is his boat. He drove it. He crashed it. He goes down with the ship, according to every movie I've seen. <laughs> right. That probably is not the best source material for the ob legal obligations on somebody. But Captain Kirk's father would have done it. Captain Kirk's father might well have done it. Who's from from Iowa, so where they <laughs> where they also have lakes. So no, I think that I kind of am on his side in that I I don't think there's any ill intent here. I think that. He left to help people and probably passed out. I kind of buy that story. That seems entirely reasonable to me. This seems like police trying to push a narrative. I'm not positive that the prosecutors, when they really sit down and think about this, are really going to care that much. Do you think that any other partner with a boat should offer to take summer associates on it? Interesting. Uh, I actually think that that would be a lovely summer associate outing. I think nothing but badness can happen when you put young people old partners on boats. I think that's only for bad. I mean, this instance was only partners, obviously, but you're. I think you're transitioning. Oh. Yeah, I think you're trying to transition to a conversation about Summer Associates, which we discussed that we might do with the second half of this show. But uh, at this instance, all we're talking about is partner. It was like a partner retreat, and they were trying to get home. So he just left partners to drown while he swam away. Yeah, bigger share. No. I'm, uh, no, I'm saying now, no, now I, I'm more on the side, I have to say. <laughs> No, I no, I think that I think that he in good faith attempted to get help, passed out. I mean, it's not like it's not like he showed up at home or something. Like he showed up like coming out of the wilderness basically. So like he he's <laughs> he, it's not like he was trying to do anything. Like so yeah, I I think it was a good faith thing. I don't think this is a good use of prosecutorial resources. I think we move on from this situation and just be happy that everyone survived and hope that this sort of thing doesn't happen again. No, I'm thankful everyone survived or else I wouldn't be able to joke about it. Yeah. I mean, sorry, I would. I just wouldn't be able to joke about it on the podcast. Right. Yeah, exactly. So Summer Associates, though, you, know, you raise a good interesting point. Now, Summer Associates, boat trips are among the many things that Summer Associate programs often have. Not usually boats driven by partners, but, you know, that could easily be. I generally think that those, uh, despite tragic circumstances like this, it's it's fine. What's the best summer associate event that you went to? Interesting question. Best summer event I ever went to. I've I, got two. One is one is the classic. We go to the Met game. I'm a big Met fan. At that point in my life, there were basically the best Met tickets that I had ever had. And we lost, of course. It also kind of, I came as close as I have to, to catching a ball. Um, it was a foul ball that we were down the, the right field line. It was a foul ball down the right field line. There was another summer in the seat kind of closer to the ball. 
And so I tried to reach around her with my left hand and backhand the ball. And I might have gone it, but then she, scared of the ball, like curled up into me, kind of m- knocking my hand away. And I kind of grazed my fingertips. Now, granted, we do have the football rule. It did hit my hand. So technically, I should have been able to catch it. But it, I mean, it grazed my fingertips and I was being jostled. But, but it was still, a, it, was a great, it was a great night. The Mets lost, but it was fun. I didn't get kicked out of the stadium, which has you, happened. Uh, I mean, <laughs> times. What, what gets me is, I mean, that that's a bold thing to say on this podcast because you're really revealing your age there. So the Mets lost. So that means it was a game at least within the last 150 years. <laughs> so, so, okay, I, I can't really think of a... a super summer event i mean i I, because you have blackout drunk can't remember or just yeah no uh, no that not at all but um but i definitely i i definitely remember going to all of these events but i don't remember anyone being like over the top the best thing that i've ever done I, i remember lots of good times lots of good dinners lots of fun hanging out with my colleagues at the time baseball games shows, movies, whatever. I kind of like, I have to admit, I like the summer associate events a little bit better after I was an associate than I did oh, yeah. in the summer. Right? Yeah. First of all, it was a lot easier to get drunk. It just it just was 100% easier. Because, you know, when you're a summer associate, you still, basically, when you're a summer associate, you don't want to do anything that would land you on above the law. Right. But once you are an associate, as long as you're not doing anything that will land you in jail, you've got more leeway. So I enjoyed being able to basically have those extra shots as a real associate, also as a real associate, you know, that when you go to the summer associate event at the Met, it's like the first time you've seen sunlight mm. in six weeks. Like it's, it's, it's fresh air for the fir- first time. So the few that I w- was able to go to as an associate really were like enlivening for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I really enjoyed one where I got to go to a partner's house. That was interesting because I got to see what really what tons of money in New York City could accomplish. Because uh, it was like an old school, like, it wasn't like a big to-do. It was just like an old school townhouse that, with substantial investment, had been tricked out <laughs> into this, like, thing. And I was like, wow, all right then. Uh, it was on the, was right across the street from the Museum of Natural History. So, oh. yeah, it was like up there. It was, it was It was some nice stuff. And there was conversation at the time, like, yeah, I'm thinking of buying the one next door too, and just you know, like that kind of thing. That so. is, that, just if you're not from New York, you don't you don't know. And every New Yorker has the story of going to somebody else's house apartment. I mean, that's already like immaculate, more than you could ever hope to have, and then that rich fuck sitting there and saying, you know, I'm really thinking about buying the unit next door and just knocking down the wall and having an open plan. You want, I want to like, whenever I hear, and I've heard that, you know, eight times, every time I want to take the host and, and, and throw them out the goddamn window. Yeah. yeah. It's a negative. If you have the ability to buy the apart, the unit next to you and knock down the wall, don't effing tell anybody. All right. (laughs) So that, the theme of this episode is now that I've made various death threats, are we near the end? We can be. We we aren't, but we we certainly can be for for your own mental health. Uh, but no, summer associate events. Uh, this is just the point where I think we should clarify that some people have some good summer stories, good and bad. Obviously, we have for years made at Above the Law a 
career, career. out of collecting <laughs> these bad stories of people jumping into New York Harbor or people slapping uh, senior associates and stuff like that. So if these things happen, by all means, email us at tips at com and tell us. It'll be anonymous. We'll do whatever we can to anonymize you even further by like not suggesting, you know, who the person was, who tipped, who where you were and stuff like that. But let us know because we want to hear those stories. We're making a call for them now. Send them. We'll either put them in print or discuss them in a future episode of this. You got to help us out because Deal Breaker is, you know, we we share an office with Deal Breaker and we, we'd sometimes make, you know, the friendly legal wager, soon to be legal wager, I should say. And they've got a great one going around right now about a partner with some cocaine who actually locked some people in a room while he was going to go do some stuff. Like, it's it's real good. And we want to be able to match deal breaker. Usually the lawyers come through. You'd be surprised. Compared to the investment makers, usually the lawyers come through. So we're hoping for that again this summer. And it's not just the bad ones. Also send us some of the really, really cool ones. Uh, we ran the other day with Wilson Sonsini had Steph Curry over to just regale the associates with uh, stories of, you know, beating LeBron. Champion. Yeah. So <laughs> it's... It's good to get those stories, too. All of them are interesting. So if you're a summer or if you're an associate who's working with the summer program and just have some insights and interesting stories, please let us know. I mean, we thrive on those sorts of tips. It's not like we're in the bar with you all the time. Sometimes we are, but you don't know that. Um, but we're not always there. So just let us know. You don't know where I've been, Dave. Yeah, no, that wasn't where I was going. I was going more like we we have spies everywhere. It was kind of more I was going more, not the... You don't know where I've been, but fair enough. So you got anything else? Yep, that's it. All right. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show. Leave reviews. Not just the stars. Like write something. That way, you know, it helps the algorithm pick us up and more people can listen to us. Do the uh, job of reading Above the Law every day, at least multiple times a day. That would be useful. Also, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. Listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network because they're awesome. Seriously, if you're looking for laterals or looking to lateral yourself, check out Major Lindsay in Africa, our sponsors, and finally, yeah, no, other Legal Talk Network shows. I already did that one. So that's it. Cool. Talk to everybody later. Have a nice one. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.